really good to have all of you here. Um, let's go ahead and pray and we'll, we'll jump in. Father, what a joy to know that our names are written in the book and that we are blessed because flesh and blood has not revealed to us that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, but you, our Father in heaven, by your grace, have done that. We love you. We thank you that we can be together, grateful for the rain, replenishing the earth, mindful that your mercies are new today. Your faithfulness is great. We love you. I thank you for these dear ones who are here um, to explore more about Orlando Grace Church and uh, to get to know one another. And uh, just th I pray your purposes will be accomplished as we go on this journey these next several weeks. Thank you that you have ordained your church to be that means whereby the gospel is preached and the kingdom is advanced and that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I always like to start the same way. Uh, oftentimes, uh, the individuals that are a part of Discovery Road GC, and it's different every time. Uh, last time around, the room was full. Sometimes it's a smaller group. With weather like this, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some other people who join us next week. But thank you for braving the monsoon and for being willing to be here and joining us for this class. So I'd love for you just to tell us who you are, where you live in town, a little bit about yourselves, uh, we, we're, how you heard about Orlando Grace. I'm always interested in, in that uh, storytelling. So, can we start with the Herringers? Okay. Did you add anything to that? Um, Tell us about your son. He's, uh, he's very intellectual <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and goofy. Yeah. Intellectual and goofy. It's a great combination. an interesting combination, he right? He likes to talk. So unless you stop him, <laughs> he does not stop talking. Okay. But when he's in a public situation, he just can start making I think there's some 2,500 or so in the city. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. Yeah. All different so stripes and colors and DNA. Even under the reform circle. I mean, it was a lot more, and we'll talk about that term eventually, yeah. uh, a lot more than there were when I first came here yeah. uh, in 2001. So, yeah. The Lord's done a number of things. Hey, guys, grab a name tag, if you would, and a syllabus, and come join the party. Let's see if we can get, maybe Dave, you can move over here, or you can go over there. So, let's continue with, uh, tell us what you do as well. I work for Senior Environmental Council. Okay, all right. Young lady, I've seen you before. <laughs> I think this is your first time in Discovery Road, you see. I think this is probably my sixth time. Sixth time. Okay, why don't you introduce yourself? I'm Jan. Um, I've been church life for about a year. It's a little over a year, but I, I like to tell the people in this class that I, when I took this class, 
Uh, Take fire hydrant. Yes, that's We'll try to be gentle with you, but yeah. Encourage you to do <laughs> right, right. Uh -huh. But I, I love the Yeah, and, and one of the reasons we do that is that at some point here along the way, we'll invite you all to lunch at our place after church one Sunday, so that we can just get to know you and one another a little bit better. And since uh, Pastor and his wife are a team, um, it's important that. I'm just grateful that Jan has ownership of that. We do a lot of a lot of ministry together. So and I always appreciate her contributions as well as we talk about a lot of different things. So. I'm Tom Walk. I'm uh, where Parkinson I live. I'm, I'm married. My wife uh, has Parkinson's disease and dementia, so she's only hmm. grandchild able to watch her. seen a lot of changes. Uh, I can build a house and still have a lot of a day, but uh, I'm a Christian. I've been attending Sweetwater Church. Uh, I'm uh, my church actually is all saints on Park. Uh-huh. I was born. <laughs> There's that word again. <laughs> we'll be talking about that in case some of you are saying, why is that word keep coming up? I love God's word and uh, uh -huh. I'm so glad you're here, Tom. Thank you, Tom. Jan, you want to tell everybody what you do for a living? What I do for a living? Uh-huh. Uh, <clears throat> well, let's see. I, I work as an occupational therapist in a rehab um, and nursing home for 10 years. And I'm always talk about being not being nice and not just being a very good person. Carol is telling me an interesting story yeah. about uh, what you, you want to pick up with that, Carol? Yeah, when I had met uh, a long time ago, we were attending the same church at the time. And, you know, when the pastor said, well, I want you to be a hearer, Lord, be a hearer, get a prayer partner. And I've had prayer partners in the past, but since we moved to Florida, I didn't, didn't have one. Uh -huh. There were always people that were sure. But I asked the Lord to direct me to the meeting I had in mind. Mm -hmm. Good thing, always to do. And Sarah changed my mind. We hadn't seen each other for years. We had stayed in touch a little bit in the past, but it's been a long time since we talked. Huh. And I said, okay, here goes. <laughs> we'll find out what the Lord has in mind. Uh huh. That just encourages this pastor so much that the Lord would use that to connect you to and have you be able to be having that kind of ministry among others' lives. Yeah. That's, I get goosebumps saying and about that. Thank you for telling. Miles and time and distance. And uh huh. So Lord had a plan. That's right. Ah. Well, introduce yourself. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> now that you told that story. I'm the gray haired lady in the church. Where do you guys live? We're in Sable Point, which is in Altamont, near Altamont Springs, but right towards Longwood. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, the last job was kind of a lucky job that I took because I thought I'd be there just a short time and then wind up working there. But I've been crisis pregnant directly before then. Oh, wow. That's, that's what I did. Right. Mm. Health was more so. Praise the Lord. Mm. But after we came here, I took a job with, at the farm farm store at the farm Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Lord had a different plan. Had a much needed retirement. Dick, what was your act? Uh, I met her through her two girls. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was teaching back then we called it primary church. Uh-huh. Very similar to Grace Kids. Grace Kids, right. And that's how I met her in firefighter teaching. <coughs> At the time I was working My dad spent his entire career with you. Okay, all right, all right. <laughs> 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 kind of like going through the Trevor OGC six times. Education that I made in the teaching part. And junior church. Now, how did the Smiths hear about our men of grace? Actually, through our daughter who came to visit here several years ago. We understand.
Introduce yourself. Uh, I'm Michelle. I'm Michelle. Oh, no, I'm going to introduce you. <laughs> um, we have two small boys. Um, Oliver is one and a half, and Gunnar is four. And we, Toby's two and Dula. Um, we moved down here three years ago. From? From Northwest Indiana. Okay. Reformation Bible College. Yes. Yeah. And then. In Stanford. Mm-hmm. Almost a year and a half ago, he got into the degree completion program at RCS. Reformed Theological Seminary. And a master's student. So that's why we're here. Ah. Uh huh. How did you hear about Orlando Grace? Um, we actually heard about you first from RBC, but we were living in Deltona at the time, so we had visited like once or twice, but it was a little That's another hard. time zone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So then once we moved on to Oviedo, uh, then we started looking for something closer when we members came here. So. And what's the hope with working on a degree at RTS? Um, so the plan is. We all know how plans work out. Lord willing. Yes, Lord right. willing. Right. The old right. reformed phrase. Right. Um, depending on, we'd, I'd really like to go back to home and work with our home church. That we So we still hold membership. So it's kind of one thing that we're going to be interested in, especially that membership. Because mm-hmm. we're being very much supported by them. And I still Praise God. Uh, am under their care in, in a way that I hold to their and discipline. What, but what I church is that? Uh, it's actually a missionary church in Laporte, okay. Laporte Missionary Church. So it's a small denomination, very much Arminian, which is kind of interesting how I came to the Reformed faith through that, but that's another story. And uh, so the plan is hopefully if there's a position or something, an opportunity, uh-huh. possibly go back there. But uh, I'm really starting to like it in Florida. Are you? Surprisingly. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Are you taking an MDiv, Master's of yeah. Okay. And hopefully by about the summer of next year, we're going to start looking where we're going to go. Because we planned on four years from when we started. Uh, She would have been in the home with our boys. And so the four years is like as far as, so I'm pressing pretty hard to get all my classes I can. So hopefully we can find a job or something that I can support her. And then she could be back in home where she desires. So Mm -hmm. that's the plan. The Lord knows the end from the beginning. Yes, he does. As you continue to trust in him with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding, and make your path straight. It is not a dull life being set on a course of wanting to do vocational ministry. Well, it's not a dull life for anybody who belongs to Jesus. I don't care what you're doing, pay the bills. But um, if God is for us, who can be against us? So. Well... Is there anybody in the room that's not aware of the unique season at Orlando Grace that today we vote on the prospect of a fourth pastor and that uh, this is my swan song at the Shepherd's GC? Is anybody, I mean, you're all aware of that, right? So I just want to tell you how incredibly thankful I am 
that you're sitting in the seats you're sitting in. Because when we first started to talk about the idea that with a two to five year range, I would likely be stepping down and <coughs> passing the baton to somebody. You know, there were people who said, your pastor's leaving, we're not interested in your church. And I get that. So I honestly didn't know between the monsoon this morning and the fact that we've been in this process, if anybody would be here. And here you are. It, it tells me something about you that relates to who the senior pastor of Orlando Grace is. Yeah, it is not I. I don't use that title. This is not a trick question. Who's the senior pastor of Orlando Grace? <laughs> and that's good news for you. He is always on the throne, always working out his purposes. He is, First Peter 5, 4 refers to him as the chief shepherd. He's the great high priest. And when twists and turns, transitions, changes, and one of the things I've learned about studying succession is that every pastor is an interim pastor. All of us have a life span, a season. Sometimes things very abrupt change that. Other times they're more gradual. Often the churches I've learned, they're excruciating. Change is tough enough. We have sought to try to navigate these waters in a way that would provide for the peace and the welfare of Christ's church. But I get it that that reality of the baton being passed from one guy who's been here for a while and then in the hands of a new entity, no matter how well you try to get them, that's risk-taking. And it tells me that for you and your houses, church is of an important level and priority in your life that even with that going on, you'd be willing to engage here. And I just want you to know what a privilege I feel that is to have this unique opportunity with you guys the last time I'm likely to teach one of these here, or going. Um, to invest in you. I don't know whether the Lord wants you at Orlando Grace. He does. And one of the reasons why we work hard, this takes about 10 to 12 weeks to cover our mission, vision, and 10 core values, what we teach, how we function. I want you to have as much information as possible for making an informed decision about something very important in your lives. Where is our church home to be? The more you know about the way things are organized, what's believed and taught, what the history has been, who's serving in leadership, what the vision and mission is, the more you can be acquainted with that, the more you can make an informed decision about what the Lord wants you to do. So with that said, no number one, any question is a good question. Don't ever hesitate to interrupt, to ask a question, to say, well, what about this? Um, know that while you're here in this role, um, I am happy to serve as your pastor. When people become members, they're assigned to what are our non-vocational elders. All our non-vocational guys have a part of the flock. It's a way of doing distribution of labor. So it's not all on one set of shoulders. In the meantime, for people who are new for checking things out, my privileges, I go by the title pastor, teacher, lead pastor, whatever you want to call me. Everybody calls me, most everybody calls me PC. For Pastor Kurt, um, I'm happy to be called Kurt. 
I'm pretty informal, um, but I, I am more than willing to chat with you outside of the class, exchange emails, um, get together. Pleasure to be able to serve you on this journey. So you have in your hands um, a syllabus, a notebook that you prepared that is kind of our guide through Discover OGC. And I want to orient you to that and let you know, by the way, that it is very rare that anybody makes all 10 or 12 of these sessions. So they're recorded. I'll go home this afternoon after a nap, and I'll upload them to our website, orlandogracechurch.org. If you miss one, you can get caught up. They're identified as what's covered, what the date and session was, so just know that if you can't make it for sickness or travel or whatever, um, you can find it online generally before the end of that very day. So, um, as you'll open your syllabus, I'm going to mention the things that are in the front and the back flap as they come up in the course of one session after the other. The first page is a letter from me to you that you can read on your own, giving you a um, sense of, of my heart and what we hope for you in this class. Um, then on the next page, you'll find a abbreviated history of Orlando Grace Church. We are 26 and a half years old. That young man over there was here from the get-go, was part of the group that, are you, by the way, in this history, one of those two guys that are listed as praying? No, I'm not. Oh, you're not? Okay. All right. Um, <clears throat> but you can read about uh, the history that takes you right up to the present um, uh, about Orlando Grace, and if you have any questions about that, see Rick when he's reading on a Sunday by the book, right? <laughs> First outline and contents. Uh, there are three things that we basically focus on here. Our mission, the what of our land of grace church, our values, of which there are ten core values that we identify, the why, <coughs> and then our vision, where we want to go, by far, most of the time is spent on our core values. Um, and by the way, this outline of session one through eight never works, so just disregard it. It's always different. I find, depending upon, it's interesting, none of you said I found the church because you built the building. We went from it almost always being somebody told me about Orlando Grace, or I found it online because I put a certain search parameter in. When we built the building in 2012, I went to about 50% of the time was, well, I saw the church going up, so I thought I'd come by and see what was going on. So it's an interestingly expensive advertising program, but it has been effective. <laughs> so um, <clears throat> all I want to accomplish today is really an introductory kind of thing. We'll start doing some heavy lifting in our core values um, next week. Um, Lord willing. Um, but when I say church membership, I love word associations. Okay? What, what do you think immediately? What comes to mind? I say church membership. What do you think? Serving. Say again? Serving. Serving. Huh. Okay. Can you unpack that a little bit for us, John? Why serve? Well, I think we're called to serve. Uh -huh. uh, so, in order to be a member, you usually, in our, my former church, I mean, that was one of the things you had to be. You had to be a member first before you could serve. And uh -huh. I have a wanting to serve the Lord in some way. And so, you know, serve before that. Gotcha. All right, good. What other words come to mind with the phrase church membership? Well, I don't like the word membership. So you're going to be my fantastic <laughs> one, huh? <laughs> I like a discipleship or something, a learner, maybe. Okay. And, and it's an interesting point that uh, there's rebranding going on all the time about how to label this. Some churches use the term partnership. 
some churches don't have membership or whatever you want to call it at all. So um, it can, membership can have a connotation of like a club, right? Um, any other reactions? I, I appreciate that honesty. Chris? So it's twofold, submission slash discipline. Ah, that is a popular word, submission. What was the other? Discipline. Discipline. It kind of comes under submission. Okay. Unpackable. Um, so we're called to come under the authority of God, and he has given, this is probably one of the main reasons why I find this church very attractive, is your polity. So we come Polity, under, can you define polity in case we're not familiar uh, with that term? Polity, so like the church structure, how the church is ran, right. and how that God has uh, deemed to run his church. Comes from the Greek word polis, this is free, no extra charge, it's just city or government, okay? Mm -hmm. So we're called to come under their submission, and especially in our context in America, um, it's very hard to enter into submission if there's no membership contract, if you will. It's kind of hard to, you can't just discipline someone in the church if they're not really of the flock, of the membership, because that'll, especially in our case, will lead to legalities and, and trouble. Or so, to the society, and it's, yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad thing, church discipline and submission. It's actually a very comforting thing in the church. It's done correctly. correctly. I've been involved in a church that abused that, mm -hmm. and I've known churches that ignored it. Somewhere in that continuum is the right sweet spot. So thank you for sharing that. Any other reactions to the idea of church membership? One body. One body. Okay. Tell us a little bit more, Carol. Each of us has a part, whether it's seen or unseen, or considered important uh -huh. or unimportant. Uh -huh. Similar to John's mention about serving. Good, good. My goal is to acquaint you with the 12th commandment today. You are aware of the 11th commandment, right? You thought there were only 10? <laughs> well, there's 12 at least. There, I, 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 can, I can see the wheel spinning. What have we gotten ourselves into? The man doesn't even know how many commandments there are. The 11th commandment, thou shalt not bore anybody with the Bible. This is the commandment. See, and then the according to Pastor Kirk, all right? The 12th commandment, thou shalt become a church member, partner, whatever word you want to use. Now, I cannot turn you chapter and verse. It would be easier in one way if I could. But I believe there is an appropriate principle to be drawn out of multiple texts. We'll talk about a couple of them. I would love for you to walk out of here. Whether any of you become members of our land of grace or not, because again, I don't know whether, whether that God has a desire for you or not, but I would love for you to feel like part of the fruitfulness of your investment here is that you came out believing that how, whatever you call it, something like it is absolutely crucial to your welfare and the welfare of the church that you are a part of. So I like to have a little bit of fun to say the 12th commandment is thou shalt become a church member. Now, why does, we're on page one, tab one. I'm kind of a fill in the blank fanatic. If you need a pen, there's some over there you can write with. Uh, you all with me on tab one, the red tab? And then um, page one. Oh, do we not have, do you not bring, can you grab me some, Rick? Thank you so much. All right. What's that? I have one of these. Can you have, no, I would love for you each to have one. Yeah, right. We, we're, 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 we are burning through some trees, so, yeah. Hang on, we're, we're coming, we're coming. Rick has some here. Okay, thank you, brother. All right. Are you all with me? Page one? All right. Why does membership in a local church matter? It is the main means to accomplish your minute. John will be very happy about blank number one. All right. Did you read ahead, by the way? No. Okay, very good. Thanks for helping me this morning. The main means to accomplish your ministry purpose. 
And I take this from 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5. I love to have readers help me, okay? So would somebody read 1 Peter 2, 4 and 5 for us, nice and loud? Anybody? As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built upon up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So Peter's working a word picture. He's comparing God's people to a what? house. Now if you're a good Jew in Jerusalem in the first century, what house might come to mind? The temple, the place where God's people met to meet with him, sacrifices in the old covenant. Peter pictures the church as a spiritual house and believers are likened to what in the house? Living what? Sacrifice. Well, we perform living sacrifices, but he continues to work the, because there's another, there's two metaphors in here, okay? Living stones, right? So the, the church is never the building, right? It's, it's God's people like living stones, not dead rocks, although occasionally I feel sometimes I'm, I feel like a dead rock, but living stones that are being assembled together into one great spiritual house. Temple is a shadow of that and what God has done in a church and bringing people together into that as hell as well pointed out, one body, all right? So believers are likened to individual stones making up the temple of God and membership in all it entails enables us to fulfill our calling as who were the people that served in the temple? and did those sacrifices. Priests, right? You know, one of the great things about the Protestant Reformation was the priesthood of all believer doctrine that came to light again in the scriptures that there's not this um, sacred um, dichotomy between those who serve and are called vocationally and those who are just plain old members of the church according to what Peter is saying, do all have the identity as believer priests called to perform living sacrifices by the way you use your gifts and serve in the church. So um, the point I heard you say, John, that your experience in the past is if you're not a member, you can't plug in and serve. Now, in many ways, that's true here. For example, you know, there's an, a variety of equipping hour classes that are going on right now for adults. There are children's classes. There's nursery care. There's a lot of different things going on that we don't let just anybody do without having this process filter in a way the reality of the people coming in for their sakes and also for the sake of the people that they're going to serve. We're just not going to, you can't just put anybody, I'm sure, Richard, you will resonate with this, having taught primary church, as you referred to it. You just can't put anybody willy-nilly in to be serving with your kids. And so membership, there are, other, there are a variety of reasons about that, but this is one example of how membership becomes a way of directing and um, enabling the spiritual ministry of the living stones to use their gifts and perform those sacrifices, as it were, in the local church. I love one of my favorite preachers from the past, Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the great Baptist English preacher. I'm sure people went out of this church with their eyebrows singed on a regular basis. Here's one of those times. Now, I know there are some who say, well, I hope I have given myself to the Lord, but I do not intend to give myself to any church. Now, why not? Because I can be a Christian without it. Now, are you quite clear about that? You can be as good a Christian by disobedience to your Lord's commands as by being obedient? What is the brick made for to help to build a house with? 
It is of no use for that brick to tell you that it is just as good a brick while it's kicking about on the ground as it would be in the house. It is a good-for-nothing brick. Until it is built into the wall, it is no good. So, you rolling stone Christians, I do not believe that you are answering your purpose. You are living contrary to the life that Christ would have you live, and you are much to blame for the injury you do. Uh, Spurgeon took no prisoners in that particular message, but I believe the point is well taken. If you identify as a living stone and you're made for, to be living sacrifices in a way that you're offering up spiritual sacrifices by what you do, then there must be some place to, in which you will engage and do that. And membership is a means to do that. Second bullet point, it is the main means to protect your spiritual welfare. Chris, did you read ahead? Hmm? Did you read ahead with your comment about submission and authority and, and discipline? No. Okay, so you and John are just already tracking this where we even got started. Praise the Lord. This is where we're coming from here with a challenging passage like Hebrews 13, 17. May I have a reader on that text, please? Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. Now, whenever that verse is read, and we're going to spend a whole core value on leadership and followership, all right? And I'm going to address how leaders go about doing leading. I've been in places where obey your leaders and submit to them is a trump card that can be played on people to control them. So I just want to say I'm aware of that. But there is, there is, if I could use the metaphor, mail to be read by every person in a local church, all right? That there are leaders and followers. How does the writer of Hebrews identify the role of spiritual leaders? What's their responsibility? Watch over your soul. <laughs> yeah. Keep watch over the soul. Membership, partnership, creates the kind of informed consent that says, I'm here to have you Humanly speaking, now Jesus alone ultimately watches over and cares for your soul, but he employs me. I'm identifying that I'm here because that ministry is going to be executed on my behalf. I have flipped from time to time at Discover OGC. I hope none of you become members. There's already way too much responsibility for people's souls around here. Sort of a joke. It's the kind of verse that can keep you up at night, that you are incurring a significant responsibility. The people that are covenant, we call them covenant members, they've made that commitment to be here, and we've made this commitment to them. They are a stewardship, and they become, from the moment they become members until the time they transfer or resign their membership, or our discipline, and we're going to talk about church discipline under our peacemaking values. There is a sobering, weighty responsibility to pray for, shepherd, care, and minister. If you cannot identify who's doing that for you, and they can't identify that they are supposed to do it for you, you might as well cut a verse like Hebrews 13, 17 out of your Bible. I cite it all the time when people say church membership is not in the Bible. You can't do this if you don't have some sort of agreement or arrangement. And Chris is making a good point. In our litigious, happy society, if it becomes necessary to put out of the church in a restorative, loving, truthful fashion of church discipline, someone that has not been put in, then 
you run an enormous amount of risk for uh, lawsuits, for costly expense, and you have no ground upon which to act in these ways. I am a covenant member at Orlando Grace because if I go off the rails, let's just say I get really stupid and abandon this woman I love so much and think there's something else out there. I want the elders of this church knocking on my door and saying, huh, what are you thinking? I want that accountability, I want that care, I want, I want that kind of intervention, and this is what protects me that I have that going on. Membership places one under spiritual protection. Mark Devers has written a great little book called Nine Marks of a Healthy Church, has written, we must be careful about deluding ourselves. In joining the church, we put ourselves in a position where we ask our brothers and sisters to hold us accountable to live according to what we speak with our mouths. Membership in a local church is intended as a testimony to our membership in a universal church. Church membership does not save, but it is a reflection of salvation. By the way, there are some additional articles at the end of this introductory section that talk a whole lot more about the theology of church membership that I don't have time um, to cover here. But comments, questions on this subject. Another thing that Mark Dibber likes to say about church membership is that it's an assurance of salvation cooperative. In other words, when you engage a church like ours and you want to become a member, the most significant question we have is, do you know the Lord Jesus Christ and have you been saved by grace through faith? And is your hope built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness? Do you understand that it is all a gift? It's not what you have done and brought to the table, but what he has. If there's nobody validating that in a good way, it's so easy to be self-deceived. So again, it's that, how do I determine that I, that I am in somebody somewhere who has and we're going to, in today's message, we're looking at Matthew 16 as a New Testament reading. The keys to the kingdom that open and close the door. Who's in, who's out. Jesus has said, I've given that to my church. My church has that. And the church has local manifestations all over the globe that make up what we call the universal church. I hope at least I've primed the pump for you about the importance of this. And again, at the end of this section, I have, uh, I love alliteration, it's an occupational hazard. I think it's the serious business of saintly submission from the Hebrews text. And then there's uh, 10 reasons for, biblical reasons for church membership or something. There's two articles there that you can read if you want a little bit more input. Great, and that last part of the 
Well, you know. That was seems to say, you know, the holy priesthood. Well, Romans 12, 1 and 2 would suggest, yeah, as living sacrifice. Yes. So I would just say Paul's doing one thing in Romans 12, talking about the impact of the gospel. And then Peter is talking about how the gospel works its way out in us, that our gifts and our ministries are spiritual sacrifices. He's, got a, he's using that word picture in a different way. So Romans 12 is about my identity, and, and 1 Peter is about what I do as that identity. But there's definitely overlap there. Yeah. It's both that, not either or. Good question. So the church membership um, articles are optional. You get extra credit for those. What's not optional, as we prepare for next week, when we're going we're gonna to get into, we're going to cover core value one, core value two, and we're going to get started on core value three. A really important assignment to prepare you for our introduction, core value to three will take us two weeks to get to. It starts on page 23 in the red tab number one. Can you find it for me? Page 23. It's entitled Tulip. It's not about flowers. All right? Page 23 in your notebook. Tulip. The pursuit of God's glory in salvation. This will be that. If you can get acquainted with this, I encourage you maybe not to try to digest it all in one sitting. Maybe a few pages each day in your devotional or quiet time. Um, it will be really helpful to giving you a bit of a background of what I'm going to try to make digestible um, in two sessions and think about this. We, we covered this subject in one entire trimester whipping hour uh, in our scope and sequence. So um, it's ambitious what we're going to try to do. So you can help yourself and the rest of us by reading through this. You're welcome to look ahead if you want. There's lots here. But I'd love for you to read Tulip, The Pursuit of God's Glory and Salvation for next week. All right? It is so good to have you all here. Jim, would you close us in prayer and pray for the service to come?